have a weird one for you this week, Mike. Oh, here we go again. What conspiracy theory do I have to believe in this time? <laughs> no, no. It's nothing like that. Let's talk about pyramids. Oh, good. I always wanted to be an Egyptologist. That's an actual Mike fact. When I was a young boy, uh, I was fascinated by ancient Egypt and decided that I wanted to be an Egyptologist. That lasted for some time. Oh, wow. So pyramids are not my special subject, but there's something I'm interested in. That's I, I legitimately was unaware of this until this morning. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other a long time. The most famous pyramids in the world, the ones you just alluded to, are probably those in Giza, Egypt. These prehistoric tombs tower above the sands of northern Africa and are the final resting place of the ancient pharaoh kings. And they were built sometime between 2700 and 664 BC. People groups in Central America erected pyramids centuries later as well. But we're not talking about any of those today, are we, Stephen? Uh, we're not. I wanted to talk some about the modern construction projects to use the iconic design. Okay, so where do we start? I would say we start our world tour in Paris. You're always so romantic. Well, I try. The Louvre Pyramid is a large glass and metal pyramid designed by the Chinese-American architect I.M. Pei, surrounded by three smaller pyramids in the main courtyard of the Louvre Palace in Paris. And I've actually been there, and there's an Apple store in there as well. <laughs> of, course, of course there is. <laughs> yep, it's great. It's right there. The largest of the structures serves as the main entrance to the Louvre Museum and was completed in 1989. That's interesting. I feel like it's older than that. Uh, I did too, actually. But let's talk about some numbers of the Louvre. It is 71 feet tall. It has a base. Its square base has sides measuring 112 feet with a surface area of 11,000 square feet. Now, the walls of the pyramid consist of 603 rhombus-shaped uh, glass panels and 70 triangular pieces as well. And the design of the building was met with some criticism. Many complained that the modern design was at odds with the rich history of the museum's French Renaissance architecture. Honestly, looking at pictures, though, I don't mind it. It is very pretty, but I can see why people say that, because it it's like the architecture doesn't match what's inside of it, which is kind of interesting. As you may have seen coming, it has been claimed by some that the glass panes in the Louvre Pyramid number exactly 666. The number of the beast. The story of the 666 panes originated in the 1980s when the official brochure published during construction did indeed cite this number, even twice, though a few pages earlier the total number of panes was given as 672 instead. I really love when a typo starts a conspiracy theory. The rumor resurfaced in 2003 when Dan Brown incorporated it into his best-selling novel The Da Vinci Code, which I have not read. Uh, neither have I, but it doesn't surprise me that that made it in. Mm -hmm. Now, Stephen, allow me to take you on a journey to Kazakhstan. That, uh, okay. I do not have as much romance as you. The Pyramid of Peace was specially constructed to host the Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions in 2006. It contains accommodation for many different religions, such as Judaism, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, and many other faiths as well. It also houses a 1,500-seat opera house, a National Museum of Culture, a, quote, University of Civilization, I don't know what that means, a library, and a research center for Kazakhstan's ethnic and geographical groups. The Pyramid of Peace expresses the spirit of Kazakhstan, where cultural traditions and representatives of various nationalities coexist in peace, harmony, and accord. 
I like the sound of that, Mike. It's very nice, isn't it? It's reflected in the numbers as well. The building is 203 feet tall. It has a base that is 203 feet long by 203 feet across. Construction is of steel frame for the pyramid, and they use concrete in the lower levels. If you look at a picture of it, the structure is made up of five stories of triangles, each triangle being 39 feet on each side. The lower three stories of triangles are clad in pale granite. The upper two rows of triangles are made of stained glass. In short, this is a very peaceful, very clean-looking conference center. <laughs> what everybody really wants from a conference center. But I've had enough of Kazakhstan, even though it does sound rather lovely. Let's go to Las Vegas! Oh, have you ever been to Las Vegas? I have, and not only have I been to Las Vegas, I stayed at the Luxor which is a 30-story hotel and MGM casino. Facts I didn't know until today. There you go. Pyramid aficionado over here. Hmm. Ground was broken in 1992. When the resort opened, it featured the Nile River Tour, which was a river ride that carried guests to different parts of the pyramid and passed by pieces of ancient artwork on a river that encircled the casino. While some of the Egyptian theming has been dialed back over the course of several renovation projects, it isn't completely gone. There's a massive sphinx that greets visitors as they arrive, as well as an obelisk and a twin 22-story ziggurat towers on the property. One of the building's most unique features is a Luxor Skybeam, the strongest beam of light in the world. It uses curved mirrors to collect the light of 39 Xeon lamps and focuses them into one intense, narrow beam. On a clear night, the Skybeam is visible up to 275 miles, making it visible to aircraft at cruising altitude over LA. The beam has operated reliably since first enabled on October 15, 1993, and is an FAA-designated navigational landmark for aviators. Pretty cool. Since 2008, only half the lamps are lit as a cost and energy-saving measure. The light room is some 50 feet down from the apex of the building, and reaches temperatures of 300 degrees Fahrenheit, or 150 C, if you're Mike, while the lights are operating. Not a pleasant place to be. Today, the Luxor boasts 4,407 hotel rooms, 120,000 square feet of gaming space, and, a per- and permanent shows including the Blue Man Group and Carrot Top. I've had enough of the desert, Mike. I want to go home. Luckily for you, Stephen Hackett, the 10th tallest pyramid in the world is about 15 minutes from your house, and that makes it the third pyramid that I have been to. <laughs> We're covering six today. You've been to half of them. Yep. <laughs> Clearly, you need to visit the other three for the show. I think I'm going to have to. So let's talk about the Great American Pyramid. Originally built as a 20,000-seat arena, its structure plays to the city's namesake in Egypt, also known for its ancient pyramids. The Memphis Pyramid is 321 feet tall, with each base measuring 591 feet in length. It sits on the banks of the Mississippi River, kind of like the Egyptian pyramids with their proximity to the Nile. The Great American Pyramid was conceived originally by Mark C. Hartz, a Memphis artist way back in around 1954 or so. The largest of the three in his mock-up would have been at two-thirds scale of the Great Pyramid of Giza, near Memphis, Egypt, and the flanking structures would have been scaled down to two-thirds the size of the main pyramid. The concept was revised by entrepreneur John Tigret as a symbol for the city of Memphis. The construction of the building was managed by Sidney Slinker, part owner of the Denver Nuggets, and several entertainment companies, who Tigret had brought to Memphis to develop tourist attractions in the building to fill out the sports arena. Originally, there were plans for things like a shortwave radio station broadcasting Memphis music, an observation deck with an inclinator that would climb along the side of the building, 
a hard rock cafe, a music museum, and more. These plans, unfortunately, were scaled back after Slinker was removed from the project after failing to obtain financing and his company fell into bankruptcy. That's a pretty good reason to remove someone from the project. It's a good reason. Strong reasoning there. Uh, It then became a sports arena in 1991. The University of Memphis basketball team and numerous entertainment acts used the 19,000-seat arena. After the NBA's Vancouver Grizzlies moved to much warmer climates in Memphis, it became clear that the pyramid's unique shape limited renovation opportunities to modernize the stadium for NBA use. Then, in 2004, both basketball organizations moved to the just-opened FedEx Forum, which is a much more traditional sporting venue. After a decade of sitting empty, Bass Pro Shops opened a superstore aquarium and hotel in the venue. It features the tallest freestanding elevator in North America, which takes visitors to a lookout and restaurant at the apex of the building, harkening back to the original idea. However, no inclinators in sight. Fun fact, Relay FM's newest show download, the idea was conceived in the bar at the top of this pyramid. So, there you go. That is true. You may think that Memphis was home to the only pyramid sports arena in the United States because, I guess, kind of a building that gets smaller as it goes to the top is kind of counterintuitive to filling it with <laughs> seats, right? It's not It's not a great design, but, but hush. Uh, Memphis was not the only place to try this. Long Beach State University in California is home to a 5,000-seat arena known as the Walter Pyramid. Opened in 1994, each side of the Walter Pyramid measures 345 feet, making it a mathematically true pyramid, like our friends in Kazakhstan. Congratulations to that pyramid. The Walter Pyramid is currently home to Long Beach State's basketball and volleyball programs and hosts the World Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Championships. All right, Mike, one last stop on our world tour. It's time, for better or for worse, to go to North Korea. There is a really weird list of places that we are going to for our pyramids today. Very eclectic. The Raijong Hotel is an unfinished 105-story pyramid-shaped skyscraper in Pyongyang, North Korea. The building is also known as the 105 Building, a reference to its number of floors. The building has been planned as a mixed-use development, which would include a hotel. Construction on the 105 building began in 1987, but was halted in 1992 as North Korea entered a period of economic crisis after the fall of the Soviet Union. It was intended to be completed in time for the 13th World Festival of Youth and Students in June of 1989, which was being held there. Had this been achieved, it would have held the title of the world's tallest hotel. The unfinished building was not surpassed in height by any new hotel until the 2009 completion of the Spire atop the Rose Tower in Dubai. At least it holds the record of the tallest unoccupied building in the world. I'm not sure that that was what they were going for, but congratulations nonetheless. In 2008, construction resumed and the exterior was completed in 2011. Work on the building had been restarted by the Egyptian company Oriscom Group after the company signed a $400 million deal with the North Korean government to build and run a 3G mobile phone network. Well, that sounds um, interesting. (laughs) A little fishy, maybe. The exterior, like I said, was completed in 2011. Uh, Features at this point included exterior glass panels and, as you might imagine, telecommunication antennas. In November 2012, international hotel operator Kempinski announced it would be running the hotel, which was expected to partially open in mid-2013. 
2013 came and went, and Kempinski clarified its earlier statement, saying that only, quote, initial discussions had ever occurred and that no agreement had been signed because, again, quote, market entry is not currently possible. It's widely believed that North Korea's economic turmoil is to blame. Well, we kind of ended on a little bit of a bummer here, didn't we? A little bit. If you want to find links for all these pyramids, they'll be in our show notes, relay.fm slash ungenist slash 25. You can get in touch with us there. You can send in suggestions uh, via email or on Twitter. The show is at ungenist. And we should thank uh, listener Kevin for suggesting the Ryong Hotel as a topic. That's how this whole show got started. I think that does it. So until our next weird topic, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.